What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Next Level Confident podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have Marta Spurk, women's empowerment coach. She helps women become empowered through self-love. Marta, how are you today? I am good, even with the craziness happening in the world. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. You know what? Thank you, Zoom, for uh, hosting this call like always, but now we're all on Zoom, so it's pretty funny. It is. Um, you guys, if you want to check out Marta, you can go to her website. It is Marta, M-A-R-T-A, Spirk, S-P-I-R-K.com, or on Instagram, at Marta Spirk. Um, Marta, do you have anything you want to tell the audience about before we get started? Yeah, I'm all about women's empowerment and positive vibes, and I'm very grateful at this time for the work that I do, because it's what I put out there all the time, especially in this time that we need some more positivity. I am um, excited to bring more positivity into the world, but um, for any women that want to connect with me and know more about my work, you already gave all the contact information. And also I do have a membership site. It's a school. I call it an empowered woman school uh, where I am always dropping content and encouraging members to share their stories and their classes as well, all for personal development. So it's just a personal development platform for us to empower ourselves and feel better about ourselves and help women feel better collectively about themselves. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So where can they join the school if they want to join the school? You can just go to my website, marchaspirk.com and either click the programs tab or uh, forward slash store and you can find the membership there. It's 27 bucks a month and it's amazing. What a deal. What a deal. Yes. Okay. So our topic today is how to find gratitude and peace during the coronavirus. I know everyone is talking about it right now. I feel like it's kind of frustrating, you know, that that's like such a huge topic, yeah. but it is, that's like, that's the life we're in right now. So, um, yeah, we scheduled this podcast before even knowing that this was going to be going on. And I usually schedule my, um, my podcast further out, but I, I just thought I want to actually talk about something that's really relevant right now while we're all thinking about it. So, um, what we wanted to talk about was self-love and gratitude and forgiveness. So like just given what's happening right now, Marta, why do you feel like this conversation is actually more relevant now than ever before? Oh my gosh. I feel like more than ever we're we should be encouraged to be paying closer attention to our thoughts, paying closer, atten- closer attention to our feelings and how we're operating in the world, which is what I always talk about, but more so than ever, especially because we're isolated and secluded and we're leaning on social media to find out facts and to just debate things. And that's already a problem in itself, I feel like, but especially in a moment of crisis, which it is a moment of just pure chaos. Um, It's really important for you to get centered, to really create this awareness of yourself independently from what's going on around you, because that's what we should be doing at all times. But it's, it's, it's insane how when hard things hit is when our weaknesses and our insecurities are even more so exposed, which we, we deal with 
hard things every single day, right? And harder things in, in certain days more than others, but this is affecting the entire world. And so it's, it's just perfect timing for us to talk about tuning into ourselves and really figuring out how we're thinking instead of just being told what to think and how to feel. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Like when you scroll through social media and the news you're being told and some of it's accurate, some of it's biased. There's obviously a lot of like conspiracy theories and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like all you can control is yourself and your own and your own mindset. So what do you feel like are some of the fears that are coming up right now for people given the, the disaster going on? Yeah. So I feel like even more so than the actual health condition and being afraid of contracting this infection and potentially dying, right? Essentially, there's so many other little fears um, that are actually even bigger than the actual fear of dying, which let's talk about the whole toilet paper thing, which I don't even know how that, how that started. How is that related? Cause that's um, diarrhea is not one of the symptoms <laughs> of coronavirus and people just went crazy with this. And it's insane how it really affected so many cities. I don't, I don't know if other countries have experienced this or if it was just in the U S but it was also because somebody got afraid of that went and panic shopped and bought a bunch. And, and then the other people started feeling anxious too, because what if I don't have toilet paper? And so everyone just went into this frenzy of this is what I need to do right now. And it, it probably started with one person thinking something that doesn't even make sense. And isn't that what happens to us collectively whenever something happens, right? We just start following one person and it just starts getting blown out of proportion And so I feel like it's so many different fears. And then with all the, you know, public places and restaurants and, and schools getting shut down, people are losing their jobs. So they're getting worried. I have had people tell me like, oh my gosh, people are going to start, um, breaking into houses and, uh, burglary and robbery is going to start because people are going to start starving. And I'm thinking, hold on a second. There's still food. (laughs) There's still things, you know, it's not like we're running out of things. And it's just, I feel like the hysteria is what's creating the fears and the panic more so than the actual situation. And then people blaming the government for these measures. But then if they don't do that, people are going to be complaining that they didn't do anything fast enough. So it's just like insane. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And I'll say on the toilet paper thing really fast. I think it's pe- because people think that the grocery stores are, and everything's going to shut down. Yeah. So they think, how will I wipe? <laughs> uh, it's like, well, you know, in theory, if the water's still running, you could probably use like washcloths, yeah. just, just saying, and then wash it in the, in the washer. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's just the hysteria. And it's like, I think it's easy to like over dramatize things in our brain. And, and like you've said, we do this in life all yeah. the time. This is just like a bigger example, but yeah. we, we often like to think of the worst case scenarios mm-hmm. instead of being level-minded or thinking like, what are the facts here? What is logic? Yeah. Um, so what are three practical things that you think people should be doing right now during this time of quote unquote self-quarantine mm-hmm. to practice self-love, gratitude, and peace? Yeah. So I feel like with the self-love, a huge thing that's been coming up for me because of the stress that social media is causing even more than it already does, <laughs> as you, as you well know, um, is really getting really clear with your boundaries of, is this serving me? 
right? And really understanding yourself. It, it really goes back to self-awareness because we feel like, oh my gosh, I need to be informed, but how much is too much? And nobody can tell you that. Somebody can tell you, you know, if you read, uh, scroll through social media one hour a day, then you're going to be okay. Well, maybe that's too much for you, or maybe that's not enough for you and you're fine. So who is, who will know better than yourself? And if you don't know, then you start, you need to start paying closer attention to yourself. And that truly is self-love is treating yourself with enough respect to know that you shouldn't be engaging in conversations that don't do you good, or you shouldn't be trying to prove a point to anybody. And I was even feeling stressed out with people that were thinking, oh, it's okay. We should just, you know, break the rules that were instituted by the government saying that we can't go out or that we can't, you know, um, get together with more than 50 people. It doesn't matter. We're healthy or whatever. And I started getting pissed off and I wanted to like show videos and prove to these people like friends of mine, not even on social media, but just sending them messages. And I was like, hold on, calm yourself down. Like everyone's entitled to their decision. Of course, if you're affecting somebody else, then that's a whole different story. But at the same time, you have to respect your own boundaries and know if it's, if it's making you feel extremely angry, then just shut your phone down you know, sh shut your phone off or I've had to. And, and even before the coronavirus, this is something that I started doing. And I feel like this is something that we, we have to remember that we can do besides getting off social media period is that you can actually snooze people on Facebook. So mm. if, if they're, if you, if it's somebody that you're close to, you really enjoy their content, but for some reason, something's off for a certain period of time, you can actually snooze them for 30 days. So you're not unfriending them. You can still talk to them on the messenger, you can still go to their page and see their stuff, but Facebook will not show you their content. And that is extremely helpful because sometimes you can get triggered by something. And it's not even that that person's being negative. It's just your own insecurity, your own issue there. And you're essentially causing yourself harm because you're not allowing yourself to disconnect from that situation. And I've, I had to do that before the coronavirus uh, with, with somebody that I'm friends with. I mad respect for this person, but it was not doing me well because of underlying issues. And I was like, Hey, I can do this. It doesn't mean that I hate on, I'm not hating on this person. It doesn't mean that we're ending the friendship. I just need this for my mental sanity. So I feel mm. like besides the health aspect of let's wash our hands so we don't contract this virus is mental health is emotional health, which really defines our physical health in so many aspects, right? We know that being stressed out can affect your immune system. So yeah, let's think about all of that. <laughs> yeah. And I always talk about this, like even, yes, like, yes, this is supposed to be about coronavirus and also it's supposed to be about just like life in general. Like yeah. maybe there's a reason that America and the world were all supposed to wake up yeah. and realize that like, it's good to slow down a little bit and it slowing is. down does not mean spending more time on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and the yeah. news, like slowing down might mean truly getting off of things and unplugging. It's kind of like when your iPhone doesn't work, instead of just keep trying to get it to work, you turn it off Yeah, and then you turn it back on. And a lot of times that works really well. It does. Um, and I don't know if you guys can hear, but there's like ambulances <laughs> going by me right now. So <laughs> The ambulance is all day, every day right now. Ah, it's, cool. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, but I didn't give you some other steps. I feel like becoming more aware of your boundaries, especially with social media right now is super helpful, but in general too, with conversations with people that is going to be huge with love, with uh, peace, with, you know, maintaining self-respect. One thing that I, I really encourage people to do is always um, not only keep the gratitude journal, which 
instantly lifts up your spirit and makes you, makes you feel better, especially in a time that we're living right now and saying, well, I still have food. I still have transportation. I still have my family members, even if I can't get together with them or with friends, you know, keeping that gratitude in mind. Also, start a practice of empowerment for yourself and think about the things that you're grateful for, for yourself. Like not even just your health, but you know, um, I don't know, something that you've accomplished recently, or just being able to set those boundaries. You can be proud of yourself for that. You know, just Mm -hmm. think about things that you're proud of. Maybe for me, we were talking about earlier, me staying home with my three kids. I have four year old triplets and they're going to be off school for the next three weeks. We're on day two losing my mind here, but you know, I'm still, I, at the end of the day, I can add into my little brag book, my little gratitude journal or proud pride journal that I'm proud that I kept them alive and everything is fine. So start, you know, at the, throughout the day and maybe at the end of the day or early thing in the morning, thinking about the things that you're proud of, that is instantly a way of developing gratitude for yourself. And also even some forgiveness there, because I could be beating myself up that I'm losing my mind instead of, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm loving this time with my kids. Oh, this is amazing. Which, you know, it is, but it's also very hard. So I can be proud that I am surviving, that my kids are eating, that they're napping right now so we can record this. So I feel like that's another important step and, and practical thing that you can do. Yeah. It's so true. Like you, there are things that I feel like you get to choose whether you're going to beat yourself up over it or if you're going to, um, like find gratitude in it. So yesterday I, yesterday and today, I haven't been feeling like the most productive with work. And I'm sure a lot of people resonate because people are working from home. I always work from home. So it's not that much different, but because all of my speaking engagements for March have been canceled and postponed to, we have no idea when, um, it's like a little bit of my motivation, I think is a little bit down. I'm like, what's the point? And I'm sure lots of you'll feel like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of an unmotivating time because you're like, you know, the economy's down, jobs are dropping, you know, small business owners, how are they going to survive? Like you're just hearing all this stuff. So it's easy to feel a little unmotivated. And so I've been feeling a little unmotivated the last 24 hours in a way. And I'm still working, but it's probably not my most productive work. And instead of beating myself up about it and being like, oh my gosh, you're not doing enough. Do more, do more. It's like, okay, I'm proud of myself because I'm still working. I could have just watched Netflix all day. You know, I didn't do that, which, you know, and if you did that, that's fine too. Maybe you needed that. Like, you know what you need. Um, But it's, you kind of sometimes walk a thin line where you could either choose to be grateful for Mm -hmm. it, or you can beat yourself up over it and you get to choose in that moment which one you're going to go with. Yes. Yes. And it's such a fine line. And it's also something that you can get really lost with. And I just want to point something out that I've been seeing on social media now. And another reason why I encourage people to really set their boundaries with social media right now, because lots of people that do work from home are saying, Oh my gosh, this is the opportunity. If you're already work from home, then you have to be making like 10, 10 K a month because everyone's at home. Now they need to buy stuff online. And I just made 15 K because of this. And then this adds pressure to the people that were like, well, I'm just going to take this time to connect with my family. And then they start feeling bad because, oh my gosh, if this other person just made 15K because they're working from home and taking advantage of this awful situation, then I need to be doing this too. So you could get stressed out with so much stuff. Don't let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like entrepreneurs who are like yeah. crushing it in their like their business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. 
like bragging about how awesome they're doing. Cause they're like, I'm like this, while everyone else is down, I'm crushing it. And yeah, yeah like, it's just like anytime, like once again, comparison happens all the time. All and so time. not comparing. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what is the third piece of self-love practice that you would, you would encourage right now? I feel like, um, I always like to encourage people to find something that lifts them up for themselves because we, we hear so much about, you know, having a morning routine. I know you encourage that a lot too. You have your journal and all of that. And it's very nice to have like a guidelines and have people walk through these things. But what I also love is to encourage people to find something that works for them and something that they can do whenever, wherever, and throughout the day, because you may have a morning routine. Now, if you have kids staying at home because of all the madness that's going on, maybe that routine is going to be out of the window, right? Or whatever it is that something that works for you all the time is not going to be the same. So I want to encourage you to find something that will help you keep yourself grounded. And I feel like writing down the things that you're proud of really, really helps. Again, blocking out social media or not engaging in conversations that are going to be uh, bad and negative for you is another thing, but maybe something else. Maybe now is the time for you to go read that book that you've been putting off for forever, or just, you know, breathing, yesterday my kids did a nap and I just lay there. I, I, I put my sound machine on just so I couldn't hear them talking in their room. And I just laid in bed and I just breathed really, really deep to calm myself down. Maybe that's what you need to do if you're stressed out, you know, just take deep breaths, find some meditations on YouTube, um, go read a book. Maybe you can just go outside for a walk, keep your social distance from other people, but just, you know, take your dog, take your puppy out for, for a walk and just find something that will help you um, not get stressed out because it is a choice. Even if we're living a troubled moment, there are things that you know you can do to calm yourself down. So pick that one thing and do that once a day, or maybe do it several times a day if you can, because otherwise you're going to lose your mind. (laughs) Yeah. I think being inside so much can be I know when I first started working from home, I think the first like week is super fun. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I do my own thing. Yeah. But then after that, it gets working from home can actually be quite a challenge. And so yes. I think that in the coming weeks, what could really happen is people could start to feel, um, sad and isolated. And I mean, just, you just feel off. You feel weird not yeah. being around people. So, um, I think you're right. Like going outside and going on a walk can sometimes be really helpful. Keep your distance and maybe even go on a hike and go to, you know, on a hike that's further, um, or whatever, find a place that there aren't too many people, keep your distance, but get outside still. Cause I think that that's a safe place to be. I think, I mean, yeah, not a doctor. So, you know, well, and they did say that being in the sun does help like with the vitamin D Mm -hmm. higher temperatures are supposed to kill the virus. So don't quote me on that, but I have heard that it's, it's good. (laughs) So go outside. If you know, we're supposed to be inside for, 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 God knows how long. Just go outside if it's not snowing, which it's supposed to snow here soon, but we'll see. Oh, great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And I know so many people are saying like, one thing I love talking about is, is creating margin. And I think right now is the perfect time to create margin in your life. So instead of spending more time on TV and more time on social media and like doing more, like almost like you're sick or something, you're not sick. Like you get this extra time of, of downtime yeah. to, to journal or to breathe or to maybe get caught up on some organization. Like maybe you've been wanting to organize your closet or maybe you've been wanting to, I don't know, like clean the house, do a good, a good deep clean on the house. Like let yourself do those things. Yeah. You know?
56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote-unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. Can, can we just talk about something else? Like it doesn't have to be the only thing that we talk about because that generates more anxiety. And one of the things that I did want to want to bring up is that I was at an event uh, last week and there were some amazing statistics that one of the speakers shared that I love so much and I, I want to be using this for forever. Um, and she said that 72% of Americans say that they deal with daily anxiety and that that interferes with their personal and professional life. Can you imagine what that is like right now? I would say 100%. 100% of us are dealing with anxiety right now. And then back to those statistics, she said that 35% of the people that report having anxiety say that it comes from social media. So not to uh, beat a dead horse here, but that's where the most source of anxiety comes from. So again, really choose what you're doing with your time wisely, especially um, on social media and online in, in general, and, and try to look for other stuff. You don't have to just be consuming content that talks about this. Yeah, totally. I actually went off of Instagram for Lent. And so it's been so nice. Cause like, I, I mean, I, and I'm off of Facebook, um, primarily like I can use it on my desktop, but Facebook doesn't really tempt me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then same with LinkedIn. And it's like, I haven't been on social media at all. So I, I do hear some updates of what's happening. I feel I'm like a little bit like, eh, I'll just self quarantine. And I'm like, I'm writing a book. So I'm just like working on my book and I'm like playing with my new puppy. Like I'm just hanging out with my husband and we're yeah. watching, you know, movies together and cuddling extra. Like mm -hmm. I actually feel pretty peaceful. <laughs> I don't know that's if I'm crazy. supposed to say that, but that's kind of where <laughs> I'm at. I'm like, sorry. Like I, I know. I know it's going to get better. I have, I have so much hope and faith that things are going to get better. And so I'm, um, you know, I'm just praying a lot for the people who are affected. I'm praying yes. for people's anxiety. I'm praying that, you know, that the bell curve comes, starts to come down and, mm -hmm. and, um, just that there's a quick healing, a quicker healing than we even anticipate is, yes. you know, for me right now, all I can do is pray. It's not like, yeah. there's not really a whole lot else pray and encourage people. And that's yeah. all I can really do, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Okay. So what is an example of something in history that has happened that is similar to this? How did we handle it back then and make it through? And why should that give us peace now? 
So I was living in the U.S. at the time, but something that has been coming up that people have been commenting on is uh, 9-11 and how it really affected um, pretty much the world, right? Even though I remember everyone's like, whatever the time, when we're around when that happened, people say, I remember exactly where, where I was. And people talk about, you know, they post online and say, this is where I was when I heard the news, blah, blah, blah. So I was in Brazil. I'm from Brazil. And I was actually in school and the teachers turned the TV on at the time when it happened. And it's something that affected all of us um, just emotionally, even if, you know, you weren't close enough to feel the effects or have loved ones that uh, were trapped or whatever it was. Uh, but I feel like there is this sense of unity that comes from tragedies like this. Mm. And it's something that in a way it's kind of lacking with this because there's so much controversy of, uh, in terms of agreeing with the government, right? Should everything be shut down? Is this really helpful? And then conspiracy theory of, are they exaggerating because they're trying to cover something else up or whatever, you know, people are just creating all of these stories. I feel like this is kind of similar in the sense that it was so different from what we had experienced before with terrorism, like so many people were involved and it was just this collective sympathy and empathy for what was happening. Um, and I feel like that is kind of similar to that because the whole country came together and it's something that the whole world remembers. Like 9-11 is forever in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I haven't uh, been to, to New York, whether before or after this happened. So I don't know like the atmosphere or, but there is a memorial, like it's something that has, it's still staying with us. And I'm kind of thinking that this is going to be a pretty historical event that we're going to be talking about for years to come because um, we didn't really have technology or social media when we had plagues before. Like there was SARS and this other stuff, but it wasn't even as big as this is. Maybe back when they had the influenza again, like years, centuries, whenever it happened, like it wasn't, we weren't as connected as we are right now. So that's probably why it's so much bigger. But I feel like it really is a time for us to look at our fellow human beings with some love and show kindness. And it's very similar maybe to 9-11. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's, I think it's similar to 9-11 and like, obviously that's still such a tragedy. And it's one of those things like, you know, when we think back to it, that was nine years ago, a lot of times it does feel like a, a distant memory. And I know for those who are truly impacted, like who might be listening that maybe doesn't feel like a distant memory. It might yeah. still feel very like fresh and raw and painful. Um, so I'm definitely not trying to be insensitive. Um, but I would say like for people who didn't have, you know, direct impact, um, it's not something you think about every single moment yeah. of every day. You know, you might think about it a couple of times a year or something like that. Um, so I guess I kind of feel like eventually coronavirus will be like that, you know, like one day this will be, of course, right now it feels like everything. It feels like all we can think about. And of course the, you know, the people who are lost during this process, like, especially because I know that people who are 60 and above and that have pre-existing conditions like diabetes or respiratory conditions, cancer, et cetera, those are the people that are at the highest risk. So I think those people, um, you know, they should reach out to friends to have them get their groceries for them yeah. or to have them do things for them. And, and we, as the, like, I think of myself as like, I'm a young, healthy person, so I can be the one to help those people yeah. um, and, and be, you know, able to go to a grocery store and to help the, the people who might be affected. Um, but ultimately, I just, I feel as of right now, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I know we're in the middle of it, but I feel like one day this will just be like 
a distant memory that like makes us sad to think about. And it's definitely forever in our hearts, but it Mm -hmm. won't be something that like affects our life every single day Mm -hmm. for most of us, I think. And I, and I think that that, at least for me, that brings me a little bit of peace because right now it feels like every, it feels crazy. It feels like such bad energy in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and it brings me peace to think that like one day this will all be resolved and it'll be peaceful and, um, it won't be the only topic that we're all talking about, you know? Yes. A hundred percent. What do you feel like is a way that someone could process through their life a bit more and, um, actually use this downtime to find forgiveness for themselves or forgiveness for things from their past to actually use this time as a time of healing for themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you think that could be possible? Yeah. Yeah. And I love how, you know, you're talking about reflection because this is something that I always encourage women to do. And it's like, oh, I'm so busy. And now you don't really have that excuse. Although, you know, my kids are at home, so it's not like I have that much time, but it is less busy in a way, because you can't leave the house. Okay. So it's really an invitation for a reflection, which is what your therapist recommends, which is, you know, what, what all coaches recommend is for you to sit down and journal. I feel like that's super important for you to be able to talk about what's going on inside of you, because that's when you actually process what's happening. And one of the things that I encourage women to do, to be able to deal with their past and to develop gratitude for themselves and forgiveness for themselves is actually look at their female role models and understand that a lot of the things that you carry with you are actually coming from your female role models. Um, Mm. Because as a woman, you learned life from other women. And there, there are people that are maybe were raised by their dad or something like that. So maybe they learned life from a male model or vice versa, depending, you know, if you're a man listening to this, I don't want to exclude you, even though my work is focused on women. It's like you mostly learn things from role models, right? And when you're just a child and you're learning how to be, usually your mom is the the person that's, that's there, especially for women, right? And when we talk about trauma, when we talk about, you know, childhood or inner child wounds, it usually goes back to our moms. And what has been interesting for me, as I have been a mom for four years now, is that I have been seeing my mom, especially with the work that I do, with different eyes, Because now I'm a mom and I see that I can't be there. I can't be everything. And I can't be there all the time for my kids, especially because I have triplets and it's so hard to be able to divide myself in three when they're the same age and they're, you know, have similar needs, but also they're very different with different personalities. So it's very, very challenging. And now I I have been able to see my mom with different eyes, with eyes of forgiveness and with eyes of gratitude. And one of the things that I've realized in this process is that Forgiveness and gratitude go hand in hand because forgiving means letting go of a hurt and of a resentment. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget about it or that it didn't happen to you. It's just that you're choosing to see it differently. And once you are able to, or you decide to see it differently, gratitude comes in because you're not focusing on the negative anymore because that's resentment, right? Somebody did that Mm -hmm. something to you and you didn't like that. So you're focusing on something that you didn't like. Whereas if you start looking for the positive because the positive is always there. It's just, it's a choice. If you start looking for the positive, then gratitude comes in and then forgiveness comes in. It's like crazy. It's like chicken and the egg. You don't know which comes first, but they're so related. And that's what I've been experiencing for my mom because I'm going through this and then saying, you know, she did the best that she could. I'm doing the best that I can. So while I forgive my mom, I forgive myself 
because I'm still learning to be a mom and to be a woman in this situation, you know? And so I feel like a lot of the things that we experience and especially the negative things that we experience against ourselves have everything to do with trauma that we've developed against our female role models, right? So the mm. things that either they did to us and that we took it a certain way, because some of these things are not even intentional. And that's what I have been seeing, like yelling at my kids and saying, go to sleep or stop touching that. It's like, I'm just trying to keep them alive and keep my sanity. But who knows down the road, they're going to remember this memory differently from my intentions. And that's not something that I can control. And that's not something that my mom could control, you know? And then you grow up with these things, blaming people for, you know, your trauma and for the negativity in your life when, yeah, well, maybe they did contribute. Maybe they did something really messed up to you. And maybe it was intentional too. I don't want to say that it wasn't because you don't know. I always say, give people the benefit of the doubt because you were not in their head at that specific time. Um, but even if it was intentional, it's still your choice to see it negatively or positively, right? So for me, it has been such a growth process to understand that lots of my negativity or my um, antagonism against women came from my relationship with my mom. And the more I reflected on it and reflected on her fears, so this is one of the things that I encourage women to do is that it's a lot easier to see the truth, the ugly truth about people than it is to see the ugly truth about yourself, yeah. right? So let's look at the ugly truth of your female role models. We're experts on doing that. My mom did this. My mom said that. Okay, so let's analyze that. Let's, you know, look at all her fears. Look at all the beliefs that you know she has. Look at all the stories that you grew up hearing or the stories that you knew from her, from her past. And then once you write it all down, start looking at yourself and seeing the similarities. Oh my gosh, I have been afraid of this my whole life. And this comes from my mom. I did never even experienced this because, you know, fear is learned. So she passed this down to me. Now, now I'm a responsible, accountable adult. I can choose to let this go because it's not even mine. And guess what? Even if it was, I can choose to let it go too, because it's my life, you know? Mm -hmm. So finding this, these similarities has been so helpful for me because I'm starting to see, I'm actually the most proud I have been of my mom because look at where I am. You know, I, she can't take credit of everything that I have become, but I didn't end up that bad. So she must have done something right, something well. And that's something for us to think about right now. We're talking about gratitude. Be grateful for your parents, you know, and, and that's something that I always like to bring. Um, I saw in one of uh, Tony Robbins documentaries, cause he always in interacts with the audience and talks to people. And there were two instances where he talked to two girls and one of them said that their dad was awful, an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, but how amazing is it that now you're an empowered woman because you had to fiend for yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this other girl that said, I can't keep any relationship. I'm divorced. And then he asked, What's, what was your relationship with your dad? And she was like, my dad has been the best person. I'm his princess. And he was like, well, that's probably why. You know, If he raised you to think that you are amazing and you're perfect and nobody's ever going to live up to you, then this has impacted your relationship. So you see like, Everything is impactful and you can choose to see it positively or negatively. It is your choice. Even if your dad was an alcoholic, you know what I mean? And in my case, my mom was not an alcoholic. She's a pastor and I felt oppressed for so long, but now as a responsible, accountable adult, I feel so grateful for my upbringing and I forgive the things that 
could have been done in a better way because there was no other way. What could have been done was done, you know, and just move on from there. Yeah, totally. Um, I was on mute because there's so many ambulances <laughs> going by. I live downtown Denver, so apparently it's a busy, busy place. But um, I love what you're saying about finding appreciation for your parents and understanding why like the things they did actually shaped you and finding the positive in it because you yes. can find the negative. And uh, of course, there, it's okay to, to to say the negative things also. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's important to like spin it into a positive and be like, okay, well, because my parents did this, then I ended up doing this, which led me to doing this, which led me to, to who I am today. And I'm really proud of who I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can find the positive in it, even though it's really, really tough. So mm -hmm. I, I, and going back to like right now, you guys spend some time. If you're listening, journaling, to like journal about your, your parents, journal about your upbringing, journal about your fears, like just start putting the stuff out there. Like start having like a little therapy session with mm -hmm. yourself. Cause you have extra time right now, yes. probably. And, um, that will help with your fears right now. That will help with your stress and your anxiety is just start processing your life. Allow yourself mm -hmm. to think more about your life. I think that will be like so crucial during this time. I, um, my husband and I were talking about how we feel like, like in the church, there's something called the Sabbath and the Sabbath is like taking one day a week where you're just like not doing anything. And I've been trying to implement that by not being on my phone one day a week, um, or like not doing any work one day a week, things like that. So I'm really shutting off my, my brain to like the to-do list one day a week. Um, and we're like, kind of joking. Like, I feel like this is like a worldwide Sabbath yes. right now. It's like a worldwide, like you get time to think about your life. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with your life after this is all done? Yeah. What are you going to do with your life once coronavirus is no longer a hot topic? Are you just going to go back to living exactly the same mm -hmm. way you lived before? Or are you going to use this as momentum for change, yeah. for creativity, for innovation? Like you get to use this time for your benefit. I promise there is a blessing on the other side of coronavirus mm -hmm. and it's up to you to look for it. It's up for you. It's up to you to create the space to actually think what you need to change in your life. And it's up to you to start making those changes, even though right now feels like an not, you know, not a good time, but it actually is a great time. And yeah. every time is a great time to make changes in your life. And yes. I would just really encourage people to do that right now. Yes, a hundred percent. And to going back to the journaling, one thing that I um, actually posted on social media not too long ago about the three things that the coronavirus has taught me. First is how much toilet paper we waste, because if you're kind of like trying to ration it, especially with the kids, because they don't know what they're doing. I started seeing how much we would have gone through all the, the stock that we have right now if we weren't paying attention. So when it, when you're forced to pay attention, then you see how much time you're wasting, how much, you know, resources you're wasting. And then the other thing besides, uh, coming together and being more empathetic and sympathetic with people. Cause that was, I think that's a huge lesson that we're learning right now. It's also that all of a sudden, at least a handful of problems that you thought you had are gone, right? Mm. If you're so worried about something, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, all this hit, everything closes, you can't do anything. So you can't really think about that problem of yours. So maybe that's, that's something that you could start journaling about. So the things that you were worrying about the coronavirus, start trying to process why that was a problem and maybe trying to find a solution for that since you can't really do anything about it. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Like something that might've been like the, your biggest headache ever. Yeah. All of a sudden just like disappears. Cause you can't, you don't even, 
in comparison to coronavirus, that little thing was nothing. Yes. And now you're not even worrying about it because you found a bigger thing to worry about. So then start to ask yourself, how often in life are you finding nitpicky little things to worry yeah. about that on the grand scheme of life literally don't matter? Exactly. You're yeah. just trying to find something to worry about because now there's actual, an actual, you know, disaster. Yes. And yes. now you're like, oh, all those little pipsqueak problems, like they're gone. Mm -hmm. So how can you get rid of those pipsqueak problems? Like all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes, totally. I love it. Okay, cool. So I would say that for our very last question, what do you, what do you want, um, people to do walking away from this with their, with an action step, like to relieve stress? I know we've talked about a lot of different action st uh, steps, but in relation to relieving stress, um, how would you suggest that individuals move forward from here? Honestly, understanding that you're in control. And that's something kind of hard to accept right now because it feels like we're not in control of it. One, because the thing that's affecting us, we can't see, <laughs> you know, um, and also because you have so many measures, government and things telling you what to do. And so it feels like you don't have any control, but especially with the work that I do that is, that talks a lot about thoughts and emotions and that they are a hundred percent in your control and that they do affect your daily life. Understand that you can control this anxiety and you can choose different things to help with that. Like we said, you know, stepping away from social media, uh, doing something uh, that makes you happy and that helps you just really, really understand that you are in control of your thoughts and your emotions right now. And you may even be in control of your immune system when you think about the grand scheme of things like we talked about in the beginning. So just really to feel empowered in a situation of powerlessness is to really be confident in who you are and in your decisions, right? And not feel so insecure about yourself. And how do you do that? You dig deep, you journal, you do all the things that, you know, we're always encouraging people to do as coaches, but really understanding that you are in control and focus on the things that you can control and do that. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that you feel like are really practical things that people can control right now to keep them healthy? So again, the things that you're eating, right? Um, and I, I even saw some uh, personal trainer post today talking about the quarantine 15. We're talking about the freshman 15, but you're, you're quarantined. And so you're going to just going to be eating everything. Cause it doesn't matter. The world's going to end or whatever it is that you're thinking. So pay closer attention to that. I know people may have limited resources. And again, I don't, I don't want to be insensitive in that sense too, but don't take this as like vacation time, screw the world, screw lifetime. Be really intentional about the things that you put in your body, that you put in your mind with the things that you're watching, the things that you're reading. I just, I can't uh, not talk about that. Um, but yeah, really, what are you feeding yourself right now? And it can be that you're feeding yourself fear and hysteria and understanding that you are in control of those things. So pay really close attention to what you're doing with yourself. And again, you have so much time. We're always talking about, you know, you may have extra time in your hands. What are you doing with your time? Be more intentional. Don't just think I'm just going to binge on Netflix, watching horror movies or whatever, like choose something that's actually going to be productive for you. And again, like what you, you just said, what are you going to be doing after we're done with this? Are you just going to pick everything else back up? How it start, how, how it was when this happened? I hope not. I hope this really helps us slow down and rethink the things that we were doing. Cause usually when hard things happen, they're a, the most amazing opportunity for you to rethink what you're doing and make better choices. Totally. I love it. I will just add in, get your eight hours of sleep and drink mm. half your body weight and water because sleep and water are a huge part to your health too. So yes. keep like, 
maybe if anything, implement some new, if you're, if you suck at drinking water, like drink more water right now and start yeah. counting your ounces of water. If you like are generally the type of person who doesn't go to sleep on time, like create a sleep schedule for yourself, go to yes. bed at 10, wake up at six or whatever it is, like figure out a way to get more sleep, drink more water, put good food into your body, put good things into your brain. Yes. Like that's, that's what you can control. Those are the things mm-hmm. you can control right now. So just yes. do that. Yes. Do that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Marta, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your brain and your passion with us today. Um, if you guys want to look her up, don't forget martaspurk.com. Marta, any closing words? Uh, I, I just, you know, want to emphasize to just keep calm, understand that you can keep calm. And it's not even easy for me. It's, it's interesting because I'm putting all that stuff out there of, you know, being empowered and all of that, but that's not to say that it comes easy for me. I just shared, you know, with you that it's hard to to have the little ones at home. It's a hard time for all of us. Uh, but together we really are stronger, but we need to encourage the good things, right? Don't encourage the negative by engaging with the negative. So really, really encourage yourself and encourage others to think positive and do whatever they can that, you know, is within their control. Yeah. Be a light in your community. If you're listening to this, go forth and be a light in your community. Amen.